What is up, Rave Raid fam? Welcome to another episode of the Rave Raid podcast with your host, Tyler Hardy. And today I have my good friend and chief of formulation, Jake Henderson, on again to talk about a really, really important topic and something that is really a, a foundational piece of why our business is the way that it is, why Rave Raid stands for what it stands for. And we're here to help educate as many people as possible about the truth around nutrition and health and supplementation and just everything that's going on in the world. And so today what we're going to be talking about specifically is natural flavors. And for those of you guys that don't know what natural flavors are, they're the fourth most common food ingredient on labels in the United States. So it's something that you're most likely consuming in one form or another or in one food or another. And it's important to know what they really are. And through our journey of creating Raverade, what we found out about natural flavors and why we don't use them in the product and, you know, really why they're just incongruent with what we're creating here. And so Jake has a lot of, you know, information that we've had to spend a lot of time like diving deep on to actually find because there's not really a lot of information out there about natural flavors. And, you know, I'll explain kind of like anecdotally some of how I realized that they weren't really up to standard for what we wanted when I started using them and when I was trying them, what it was doing to my body and physiology. And Jake will be able to explain more on, you know, the differences and what's actually going on with them. So good to have you on again, brother. Definitely glad to be on. It's going to be a good episode today. Honestly, this is, this is something that's really been really, really important to, to us and our values and standards here. Um, and I think it's the, probably the main thing that separates us from every other company out there is the fact that to my knowledge, every single company that's in the hydration stick category uses natural flavors. I haven't seen anybody that's specifically focusing on more of a, an actual full spectrum of the original plant or, you know, bio-based chemicals. Um, I haven't seen that at all. We're the only ones that actually are focusing on that specifically. And it's, it's pretty rare to find that in the food industry in general. It's uh, substantially cheaper to get these synthesized chemicals from um, petroleum than it is to even remotely um, get naturally occurring. In fact, there's this one lady, I don't remember, she works for the IFF, it's like the International Flavoring Foundation, um, and she said, she's like, passion fruit is a, a really, really popular flavor right now, and uh, to make passion fruit flavor for a vodka company for example it would take a quarter of the world's passion fruit supply to supply what's necessary to the actual um for the actual company so most of these people don't think it's actually feasible to use plants they don't they don't really you know that and realistically um there's a lot of discrepancies there it's, it's it's i mean we we use plants and, and we don't have any problems with that because it's like realistically it's, we can always grow more plants they're just sort of taking a, a quicker route and much more easy because it's a little bit more money and that's not anything we're trying to do yeah it's definitely a, that was a big thing when when jake and i first met um one of the conversations we had was if we were going to cut any corners then we weren't gonna, we weren't going to do this and we both agreed to to stick to that that principle of always doing the right thing, even if it is inconvenient for us as a company or financially to make sure that we do everything right. Because when the truth starts to come out about a lot of things in the future, like we live in an information age where anybody can hop on with a microphone and talk about something that they're passionate about. And this just happens to be one of the things that we're passionate about. 
and people are starting to get a lot more reliable information when they go to the right places and know where to look. And so the actual government definition of a natural flavor is government regulations define natural flavors as those that derive their aroma or flavor chemicals from plant or animal sources, including fruit, meat, fish, spices, herbs, roots, leaves, buds, or bark that are distilled, fermented, or otherwise manipulated in a lab. And so what's interesting about that is when you hear the term natural flavor, you think it would be coming straight from nature. There, There's no sort of chemical alterations. But really from my experience, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, is the difference between artificial and natural flavors is that natural has a touch point from nature and then it can be um, artificially changed or chemically altered as much as they you would like. And mm-hmm. so what we realized early on was after visiting us to natural flavor companies, that they weren't necessarily super keen on sharing with us what it was that they were doing to get the flavors to, to taste the way that they tasted. And so, you know, if you have a better definition of natural flavors, I'd love to hear your take, you know, maybe a little bit more in depth on how it is that they're actually made. Yeah, it really, you, you covered like the basis for it really well. It's definitely something that they have to uphold to those standard lines, but According to the Environmental Working Group, each flavor can be made up of over 100 chemicals, things like solvents, um, like perfect example, ethyl acetate is used for pineapple flavoring. Um, but you can use emulsifiers, flavor enhancers, and preservatives, and that actually generally makes up over 80% of the natural flavoring. It's like in all of these things, um, the FDA permits the use of synthetic additives such as solvents, these preservatives and emulsifiers, so they can be synthetic. And the FDA also requires that um, food labels do not need to say what's in the natural flavoring, which is, in my opinion, a complete conflict of interest, especially considering it's the whole purpose of food labeling. Um, Unless these ingredients include common allergens like milk, eggs, you know, the standard allergens, and that's why some people you've actually seen, it's like when you look on the back of a label, you'll notice that there's no actual ingredients that actually have an allergen, but it'll say contains this allergen. That's why they're doing it. It's, it's actually used in the production of the, the synthesis routes. Perfect. Yeah. So basically when we were visiting and obviously we don't use, won't use any names or anything like that, but when we were visiting with the, the company um, early on, when we first started Ray Ray, this is like right around like within the first month of meeting Jake, and kind of completely switching gears and where we were heading as a business. Um, we went into a, a natural flavor company and Jake just started grilling him with questions and asking like, well, what are you guys using to cut it with? What are you guys doing? You know, how are you guys processing this? How are you guys synthesizing it? And they weren't super keen on like sharing any of the information. And so what are some of the common things that you like would see these companies adding to the product that may, you may not realize are in there? I know maltodextrin is one of them. Maltodextrin, yeah, definitely powdering agents. So it's like usually they're used in a powder for the the ease of uh, distribution in in a, you know a supplement or a product. Um, so there's there's a list of different things that are used. There's there's fiber sources which are on the better end, um, and that's some of the better companies are actually using stuff like orange pills and and things like that. But most of them usually use maltodextrin, which you know is a glutamate agonist and it's definitely not good for you it's definitely going to just spike um, unnatural neurochemistry Um, and then like I was saying they can use any amount of synthetic additives preservatives flavors enhancers like really 
it's the reason they weren't keen on actually communicating with us about any of these things is it's it's a pretty slippery slope i'm imagining for them and it's really like the second they actually start putting these things into public eye there's going to be a lot of backfire yeah most definitely and it's interesting because like there's the places in which they derive some of these flavorings are like absolutely astonishing like it's almost like it's a funny conversation piece i mean i mean if you want to give a few examples of like where some of these flavors are derived from that are natural yeah um vanillin is a perfect perfect example it's it's one of the most commonly used um flavor additives in fact i think um the american um, association of flavors specifically states that it's the most preferred flavor in in the world is or in, in america um and we don't have nearly enough vanilla like actual vanilla from the orchids to, to even remotely produce what's necessary we could increase our production and we could focus on you know actual agriculture and you know the development of stability and sustainability but it's much more profitable to um, synthesize these chemicals from either petroleum and like a good example of that is um, most vanilla is actually synthesized from different petrochemicals um, and it makes it around ten dollars a kilogram um, the the higher grade um, synthesis routes are usually around two hundred dollars a kilogram so there's a, a drastic inflation in price and that's from stuff like like honestly beaver castorum which is a it's a gland that's close to the anus of the beaver um, and that's a more niche market. There's also a few different ways you can synthesize it. There's seven major synthesis routes from natural sources. Um, one of them is, well, I'm not going to, I can't say it specifically, fermeric acid. Um, one of them is from eugenol, which is from clove oil. Um, and that actually was the first synthesis route. It was done back in 1910. Um, and it was pretty prolific till like around 1920 um, until they started finding that you could use petrochemicals much more, much more easily obtained. No need for chromatography. Um, you don't need to separate the eugenol. And there's, there's, you can actually use it from cucuminoids too. You can synthesize it from turmeric curcuminoids. There's, so there's seven major natural um, synthesis routes. Um, but once again, this is all conversion of the actual chemical with a bunch of art synthetic chemicals you know these are organic chemi- chemicals that actually get broken down through pretty crazy processes and in fact there's over um, six different brominated um, forms of vanillin which brominated vegetable oil has been banned in over 100 countries for links to cancer degenerative diseases and this is something that we don't even have to label in America. Yeah, it's a lot of those things. And I, th- I think to like really su- like summarize it back is that we couldn't account for what was actually in the product. And that's one thing that's a huge value of ours here at our company and everything that we work on outside of even just rave rate is like, we want to know the sourcing of everything and where it comes from and why we're using it. And when there's a good chunk of, you know, like let's say a, a steak is 10 grams of powder and four of its flavoring and 80 percent of that's something that we can't even account for you know and that right there's two three four grand two three grams of, of powder that we don't know what we're putting in your body and so let's talk about specifically like one that always gets me going is like msg and stuff like that and these glutamate antagonists so 
tell me what's going on neurochemically when someone takes in these things that are quite truthfully just neurotoxic. Yeah, the the definition of these substances are are, are defined as excitotoxins. So it excites the re the receptors, um, and it kind of promises the delivery of specific energy, um, which they did not actually provide you know when usually when these receptors are stimulated there's there's actually a payload um, some sort of you know energy boost from either glucose or some sort of you know maybe even a ketone but the the thing that is the most relevant is that these excitotoxins don't ever actually give the energy so what happens like probably 10 even sometimes up to five minutes after you eat it there'll be a drastic desire for your body to get the energy that it needed from this like promise essentially because your body actually already starts to make enzyme pathways it starts to do all these things that are necessary to process this energy and sometimes it uses energy that it, it presumes that it's going to be receiving mm -hmm. so what happens at that point is you your body panics and you know some people aren't aware of this stuff but it's one of the main reasons that people are usually are promoting are, are promoted to eat more food after the intake of natural flavors mm -hmm. or glutamate agonists. Yeah, and so like I think I think a good example of this is your diet soda addicts, right? And I think because the body can't differentiate when it's taking in a caloric payload and when it's not, right? It just starts its digestive process. It starts doing carrying out all these processes in the body, and the second that it doesn't get what it needs it immediately needs more like it, it to be basically be able to actually, you know, use all these chemicals and things that it's doing and processes to actually, you know, balance out the body and bring homeostasis. So that's why you see people who have like these gnarly addictions to like diet drinks with zero calories. It really, like you see like they're some of the most addicted people because of that reason, because their body's always just wanting more and more of it. And they don't even realize that they're really addicted to it. And so, that's one thing that we didn't want to do to people because like in my experience, I'll speak anecdotally here is when we were, when I was trying natural flavors, I didn't really know anything about them prior to creating Rave Raid. When I was ingesting them and we were experimenting early on, like way, way, way early on, we, I would always, always notice that my body would like kind of go into like this fight or flight response and I would become incredibly hungry, incredibly sensitive to light and incredibly irritable as well when i would ingest any, any dosage of it as well like i remember so many times i would just feel so spacey and like ungrounded and not right and at that point after you know anecdotally experiencing that numerous times over i was like we can't go this route and hence immediately when you know we looked into it and jake already knew a lot of these things but me experiencing personally i was like we can never go this route and that's why we do what we do now and so what hmm, i'm trying to think if there's any good follow-ups here with that do you have any other notes about like natural flavors or anything that would be important for people to know because this information is not easily accessible that's one thing i will say is like we have gone super deep and what actually sparked us really moving away from it is like we do desire to go international one day and the truth really started to come out when we started looking at what's illegal in other countries what are they not allowing in other countries because we can never have that in our product and it sparked this whole rabbit hole of of getting to know that more so i don't know if you have any more comments or anything about natural flavors of this subject definitely the the eu actually it was in 
2021, so just last year, they made um, the necessity for the carbon base of these these flavors to be from a bio base of over 95%. So as of now in, in Europe, you need 95% pure chemicals or organic chemicals from the actual source to actually be able to include them in your product, which is a huge step for Europe. Um, it used to be only 30% and there was a lot of discrepancies in that and it, the exact ones that we're trying to, you know, actually take accountability for here and, and make res resolution. Um, but I mean, really Europe is right at the precipice. You need to actually do radiocarbon dating. And the reason they do 95% is because during the, uh, the test of, of nukes, there was a bunch of really old carbon that was thrown into our atmosphere you can actually test it in the, in the tree rings it's crazy so it's like you can't really get over 95 percent with ease it's not it's, it's almost unfeasible you can if you just completely have the highest level of standards and usually that if the tree was grown after 1985 so there's there's a particular issues with some of these these trees that take much longer periods of time to grow but um it's really, I mean, there's there's so much to cover in this topic, and really, it, it's not something I can say specifically because I I don't particularly study synthesis to the degree that it, a lot of these individuals do, especially the people working in these fields. I primarily focus on um, extraction and organic chemicals as they are found in nature. So, and I I personally believe working with nature is by far the most efficacious route forward, and, and that's always what I'm going to be doing. Um, there's a bunch of different things to say about the topic. It's pretty it's pretty diverse, to be quite frank. But I think yeah, I think one thing to note too is like even even people who are top in the field, like in the supplement space, like the people oh, yeah. that we look up to, um, that I think have a lot of really good value and information to provide. Um, we've looked into their supplement companies, like they're using natural flavors. Like this is a across the board consistent thing. And in reality, I mean, there's obviously a difference to some extent, but the way I chalk it up mentally and the way I've compartmentalized it is there's very little difference between natural and artificial flavors. Like there's really not, there is a difference, obviously they are different things, but they're very, very similar in a lot of ways. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's a good segue now to talk about what we do now and why it is so different because we're doing it completely different than everyone else and on top of that too like the amount of time and effort that's gone into this has been you know years now of us mm -hmm. figuring this out because i will say that if we went the natural flavor route we probably already have six flavors out it already all the work would already be done with the the flavor development we would be continuously pressing forward but the way we're doing it now requires a lot more time sourcing effort, you know, due diligence on the quality of what we're putting in the product. And so, you know, I, I want to talk more about like what we're doing and why it's different. Yeah. Uh, one of the main reasons we uh, started with a lemon flavor is because, you know, lemon essential oil is, is pretty easily acquired. In fact, most of the, the citrus family produces the highest spectrum range of, or the highest percentage range of essential oils out of any plant. So. It's, it's way, way more feasible to actually acquire these materials. And um, of course we have to, to really sp choose wisely um, the sources that we're, we're getting it from. In fact, uh, a study by that company um, that does a lot of this carbon dating, radiocarbon dating, 
um, found out that one out of five peppermint samples um, in in Europe when they got oil testing, um, one no, it was three out of five were specifically over um, 50% synthetic. They weren't actually real. So the other you know 40% was actually bio-based. And uh, even one of these companies was only 1% bio-based, and even though they had claims as all natural. So this is the, the necessity for actually bringing together these, these types of tests and, and validating sources. You know, we need third-party verification. Um, yeah, so we really, we, we specifically had to go with sources that I was very familiar with, uh, companies that I have been using for a little while and have, have spent the time verifying. Um, I've done a lot of G, GCMS testing on, on these oils, and it's, it's never a cheap process, unfortunately. Um, but we, we, we specifically go with the most naturally occurring um, routes that are possible and essential oils are very very stimulative to your receptors and that's why they're so you know you can smell them in the air really easily you can taste them very wonderfully but you know the tricky thing is migrating into things that are like the sensations for berries because really if you really think about it when you taste a blueberry are you like oh my gosh this is blueberry flavor this is like blueberry pie or something like that it's most of what we understand to be flavoring of these materials doesn't have anything to do with mm -hmm. the actual flavor itself from the naturally occurring berry. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've had a lot of trickiness finding actually um, the highest quality as well as the, 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 the most efficacious percentages of these com compounds that are actually what present themselves as flavor. Yep. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's definitely been, I think, the, one of the biggest challenges we faced is just specifically we're going up against people's preconceived notion and association to what most of us have been consuming our whole lives is artificial not real chemical you know not natural and trying to create something that's super similar if not better out of something that's real and the notes that each one of these like berries and essential oils they present they can be different specifically. Like a, I think a good example is cherry, right? We mentioned on the last podcast is like mm -hmm. most people's, you know, reference point on cherry is Laffy Taffy, exactly. right? Or, and all these things that are, that are delicious, right? Yeah. They taste great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like a real cherry doesn't taste like that. So how do we merge that gap to make our products something that people want to consume? I think it's been one of the biggest challenges but i think we've done a really good job at it and we just continue to do better and better with it but that means that like the sourcing and the trial and error like i can't tell you how many different companies we've used you know flavor samples from trying to find like the right one the perfect one and sometimes we find a really good one and then we find another great one and then we just keep going and that's kind of the commitment that we've made and we've gotten kind of the to the point now where this is like it's not a technology that a lot of companies are doing because of cost this specifically cost primarily cost and so that limits our pool of what we can use significantly and so even then a lot of the companies that do it like there was one we were looking at that was using natural flavor or not natural flavors excuse me they're using organic 
freeze-dried fruits mm -hmm. but they were cutting it with maltodextrin so it's like immediately you know i tried that and i was like that was a rough day honestly like i'm very body sensitive to everything so i know how everything interacts with my body and my physiology and i can tell you within minutes if it's something is good for me or not and right there that company's out the window you know what i mean so like we've been sifting and sifting and sifting trying to find the right companies and that does you know, create a little bit of a drag time on like how quickly we can put flavors out. But I would like we've talked about from the get go is like we'd rather do everything right. So then that way we don't have to go back and redo things. And when the truth comes out about a lot of these things, we're on the right side of that. And we've always been advocating for your health because the reason we created the company was to elevate people's health inside and outside of music festivals. So then that way we can all step into that level of genius and step into that level of high high health and you know my health has drastically improved over the past you know year and a half two years because a lot of the things that you've taught me but also like what not to do most importantly it's not about what you do it's more about what you don't do and what you become aware of mm -hmm. because like um like brominated vegetable oil i know some energy drink companies use that yeah. is that right yeah. oh yeah and, and what is yeah, and what does that do? You, yeah, you were telling me about like what what that does mm -hmm. to people's like thyroids and, and all that. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, brominated vegetable oil. Um, the bromo ring or the bromide can actually be used instead of iodine in in your receptors. So what can happen is you can actually become chemically dependent upon the brominated vegetable oil. Um, it's from what I've researched, it can be a very very slippery slope and it can actually be very difficult to replace the iodine back in your in your natural uh, system so I haven't looked into that as much as I'd like to but I'll we'll get we'll get some of that up on the information site because it's I mean realistically bromide and bromine are illegal in most use so I think the big thing is to take away from this episode is it's not only just like just about the natural flavors but just about gaining more awareness around what each thing is because i think that it's not it's a lot less in the main fact panel where the issues are it's more in the other ingredients and the, the cutting agents and the things that are going into the product that don't have to be listed and those are the things that are really becoming detrimental for your health and detracting from the you know quality of the experience that you're having and i you know i can speak firsthand on that i used to be that person energy drinks processed foods gluten you know, you name it, pretty much everything that wasn't good for you, I was consuming it and it cost me my health. It cost me a lot of time. It cost me a lot of my vitality and I've been grateful to be able to recover that. But at the end of the day, I would, I, my hope is that most people never have to go to that great of an extent to even have to gain it back to have any sort of appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to reiterate again, we don't use those types of ingredients in our product because we care about your health like at the end of the day like i know for a fact that you know i've mentioned this on previous episodes is like just what we spend in in berries on the super berry just one just one of the berries let alone the three of them i guarantee costs more than any one of our competitors entire product mm -hmm. easily definitely and, and realistically it's it's particular sourcing these ingredients that we are always may need to make sure that we get the highest grade because there's always variants in the fruit right so we have to test each batch and we have to make sure that it, it meets our standards and specifically mm -hmm. the standards that we want to present to you guys. And I think the big thing too is like also when, when you actually use real fruit and real berries, you're, you're gaining the actual benefits of 
the fruit and berries like the polyphenol content the antioxidant content like you're actually benefiting from the flavoring itself as opposed mm-hmm. to pretty much everyone over here using natural flavors which are more often than not going to be toxic in some way shape or form to your body neurotoxic cytotoxic you name it we are actually on the opposite end of the spectrum where we're using the real fruits the extracts the essential oils we're actually gaining health benefits from what we're using to flavor the products with so we're creating a massive gap between what everyone else is doing and what we're doing industry standard yeah and so we just i when we got into this i didn't I did not expect us to go down this path, honestly. Like I had no idea that we were going to be looking at like a lot of truth in a lot of areas and like being like, we have to do something different. We have to be different than all these other companies. And I think that honestly, like in no personal attack on any, any companies, cause I just don't think that that's the right thing to do. I think that most of them don't even know. I think if more of them knew the truth about natural flavors and all that stuff, I actually think that a lot of them would completely switch within a day. Like I think a lot of them, I would give them the benefit of the doubt because I think there's a lot of good supplement company owners and stuff that, you know, if you don't know the kind of stuff that like Jake knows and have the passion for chemistry, like the stuff's just going to go right over your head. You've got 50 other things to worry about as a, as a business owner. And when you think it's natural and it's safe and it's completely perfect, like that's not something you're going to look at. You know, luckily we have the benefit of so many intelligent people on our team that have spent the time and due diligence to know these things so we can actually deliver something great. But I guess what I was getting at is like, I think that gaining awareness and giving education that's proper, which is what we're aiming to do here, is going to put you in a place where you can demand that change. Because the only way that change actually happens in any industry or any standard is by a mass amount of people knowing the truth and demanding that change mm-hmm. and voting with your dollars and voting with your consciousness and your energy and supporting brands that are, you know, going above and beyond because like we're, we're super small as a business. Like we're, we're all, we're on the, you know, the launch pad of, of our entrepreneurial careers, but I can tell you that we're putting more time in than pretty much everyone in regards to actually making sure that everything we're putting in the product is good for you. And so if these companies that have millions and millions of dollars and all this money aren't doing the same thing for you, then, you know, we should be asking why and seeing if it's like a lack of, you know, education and competence or if it's intentional. And from there, that's when we're able to start, you know, figuring out what the intentions of companies are because we just want the world to be a better place. And we see a lot of improvements that get to be made, but there's only so much that can be made from, Jake's perspective or my perspective or your perspective. It's all about everyone coming together and unifying around things that you're passionate about. Always in public interest. Yeah, exactly. And just making sure that we're, we're taking good care of our planet, taking good care of one another. And, you know, as we grow as a company, we have, you know, full intentions to make sure that we uphold the, that standard because I, we think that businesses of the future are going to have to be highly ethical to even survive because humans are getting smarter. The average person has more access to information than ever before. It's just your job to use your discernment and feel into yourself as to what's truth and what's not truth. And eventually everyone's going to be vibrating on that frequency of truth and, and, and seeking and desiring more information that's factual. And we want to be on the right side of that. So that when that day comes, people are going to be like, oh, these people, the rave raid people always knew, you know, they were always on top of things because, you know, the, the, the world deserves better. The economy deserves better. You deserve better. Your health deserves better. 
future generations deserve better. You know, it's just the, our entire existence relies on us and the standards that we keep each other to. 100%. Yeah. Just to brush on uh, the wise words of a, a serious, uh, I wouldn't say mentor, but I would say, uh, and I don't like to say idol either, but he's definitely a figure of, of great interest to me, a, a profound speaker, Terrence McKenna. It's like there isn't enough data to actually uh, truly take a stance on what it means to have these these chemicals in our system. We don't know nearly enough about their pharmacology or even the long-term um, genotoxic potential or of to our DNA. So it's realistically something that we need more information. We need to study these things before we can ever actually just throw them into everybody's food. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. And w- one thing that I found that was interesting, this is just my personal opinion, is I noticed that there's there's two sets of regulations for natural flavors. There's the organic food based natural flavors, and then there's everything else. And like the the requirements around certain ones and not others are definitely definitely an interesting thing to look at. You know, when you really start focusing on taking good care of your body and seeing the truth and becoming more aware, you start asking why things are the way that they are. And for me, it's you know, why is it, why are the regulations so different around certain things, you know? And so think about that for yourself. Obviously we, we don't want to ever impress our, our beliefs and opinions on anyone. We want you to feel into what feels true to you and what resonates for you and then do your own research and, and validate, you know, what we're saying or come to a greater truth for yourself. If, if you find one, we are always, whenever, like we always talk about, we're never attached to a certain outcome we're just attached to the truth you know we just want to discover more truth about what it is that we're doing here at our companies and then just in general so we can help make the world a better place because the way i see it is like there's a lot of things going on in the world but like unification of human consciousness is the is the ultimate prize and on, on top of that like it's the quickest way to solve all the problems in the world like really quickly if we all came together so we do that by making sure, you know, fundamentally we're taking good care of human health because if we don't feel good and our health isn't good and we're not operating at our full potential, then everything else in the world is going to reflect as, as a result of that, like our unconsciousness and is going to lead to, you know, deforestation of, you know, rainforests and the oceans being dirty and the, you know, all the toxic waste that's in our environment, things like that. Like that's a byproduct of us. That's a byproduct of our choices, whether we're doing it or not. The people that may not be doing it, we're, we're consciously allowing it or unconsciously allowing it due to not educating ourselves in a proper fashion. And you don't have to dedicate your entire life to it. You can just look up the main pressing issues and then figure out how you can contribute in a positive way. But pretty much want to wrap up today's episode, Jake, as always, bro, thanks for being on. Like Definitely. it's, you know, this is very important to, the mission for what we're creating here, Rave Raid, Entheos, all the other companies that we're going to be doing in the future. It's specifically really important that we, you know, really put our stake in the ground around doing everything that we possibly can in the present moment to to help improve your health, not detract from it, you know, because there's enough of those things going on and we just want to be the, the polar opposite of what's going on across the board. Against the grain. Yep. So... <laughs> Um, that's pretty much all I got update wise. We're still plugging away on that third flavor. Um, again, we're just going through so many different companies and just wanting to make sure that we're, you know, finding the right thing and, you know, doing the right thing for you guys. And, 
you know, we're pretty close on, on the third flavor, but we have more that we're looking at and different berry sourcings for future flavors and stuff like that. So as always, we appreciate you guys without you guys, there'd be no sense in turning on the mics and turning on the lights and, and you know, doing these things because, you know, we're just here to help you in any way that we can to self-actualize and become the most self-love version of yourself. So without further ado, guys, Tyler Hardy, Jake Henderson, we'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate you. Peace. Time.